And this week's double feature is a pair of modern zombie flicks. We're going to be talking about One Cut of the Dead as well as The Sadness. These are both Shudder exclusives, so I hope you, the listener, uh, had an opportunity to check them out. Or if not, I hope you enjoy the conversation. But before we get into our reviews of these films, let me introduce my co-hosts. Travis, welcome to the show. And my question for you is, uh, what age were you when you first uh, experienced any form of pornography? Ooh, that is a great question, Matt. Talking, or, you know, nudie magazine as it was for most boys our age, or, you know, what, uh, something on newfound, well, <laughs> I was going to say newfound glory. <laughs> what was that? New 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 grounds new grounds. That was that site that was popular when we were uh, children. I am not familiar with that site. New grounds. Well, it was mostly like flash games, but there were some like, like porn flash games where you could like mm. put you could like uh, it was like a fake naked picture of Britney Spears, and you could like put articles of clothing. You know, it was like you were supposed to dress her up, but really the point was you take off the clothing and you see like a photoshopped naked picture of Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool when you were you know. 11 years old. But, but anyway, I, di- I digress. Right. So probably around that age range, like, I don't know, nine or 10. Um, a few prime examples that I'll go over real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> we used to search for golf balls in the back of my grandma's apartment because she lived uh, behind a golf course. So we would like search for balls back in the little woods area. And we found a nudie magazine back there and, Flip through it with a stick. That's a vivid memory of mine as a kid. Uh, my dad actually bought us the Sable Playboy back in the day. That was huge. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Killer parents dad. were going through a divorce, and that was one way for my dad to get some cool. That was points. the cool dad move. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we started our weekend trip to Ocean Shores, uh, you know, and we went to the gas station, and there it was. We asked my dad if we could get it, and he said yes. <laughs> Classic divorce dad energy. I need you to fill in one little detail here. Uh, what kind what of car? What kind of car was your dad driving you guys in on this trip to Ocean Shores? Um, I can't remember. Probably like <sighs> a uh, maybe like a Toyota Tacoma or something. Okay, so not not like a like or maybe a fucking... like a Dodge Intrepid. I'm trying to think what. <laughs> I think Matt's trying to figure out if it was like a uh, shitty convertible. Like a midlife crisis. Oh, no, 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 With his earring. A Sebring. (laughs) No, none of that. Okay, okay. The Michael Scott car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, And then we we dabbled in the Skidamax and all that, you know, late night when we weren't supposed to and the parentals were not around. I... I'm going to be TMI a little bit 
here real quick. And don't worry, Paris, I will introduce you momentarily. And I don't Jesus have a horrible question Christ, for you. Jesus fucking Christ, you guys. But I, I was just thinking, so you bring up Skinamax and, you know, as a teenage boy, I was, you know, you go to a friend's house late at night and, you know, you guys would, you know, indulge in some, watching some pornography. And, uh, you know, I, I know there were a couple times, uh, you know, under the covers uh, on the, you know, bottom bunk that I would uh, indulge out of, you know, you know, person above me on the top bunk and see what I was doing. But it just made me think, like, were my friends also quietly beating their meats? And like, it was just an unspoken, I'm, I'm realizing it was probably just an unspoken, like, because I didn't think about them beating their meats. I was just like, you know, going to town on, not going to town. You were just discreetly going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm realizing now that that was probably, I mean, what else would oh my, my friends God. have been what? doing? What? You know what I mean? What are I'm you sorry, I'm about? sorry you had to be here for this, Paris. Yeah, it's like, where's Paris? <laughs> <I can't>. uh, <laughs> this is uh No way I she's just, just sitting quiet on this. I, I, I don't even know what to say other than... Men are so weird. And that's, yep. Matt, two things about that. <laughs> two things. That's so homoerotic. I cannot even, like, you're just sitting in a room mm-hmm. with your friends mm-hmm. watching po- porn and masturbating. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> into into their blanket. So his mom oh, had to. Oh his mom had to no! watch that thing. Oh <laughs> you know, I didn't have like tissues next to me. It was, you know. That is absolutely insane. I mean, come on. These are these I are four, these are 13-year-old, 14-year-old boy loads. We're not talking like, oh you know. <laughs> you We're came about... into their blanket? It was just a little, you know. It and was then like what, a gleek. You slept under it? Well, you know, I put did it into a corner of the blanket where I <laughs> you know. <laughs> that 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 blanket was away from, that corner of the blanket was not the side that I slept using, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm not uh, sick I, in the that, head. I think my soul just left my body. Like what are we talking about on air? You. I love it. We're talking about thirteen-year-old boys. <laughs> yeah. Just Paris. Really? When we're done recording, we need to move on from this. But when we're done recording, I just oh. want you to picture. Just take a look no. around your surroundings and just think no. about how many little boys' loads have probably been blown everywhere you go yeah. in your whole life. <laughs> what? <laughs> everywhere. Because no. it's yeah, just everywhere. Think about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus, Matt's trying to get me on some sex offender list. Fuck. Um, so, does Paris get the same question? Or? I mean, you were the one asking for a question, bud. I mean, I didn't prepare one for Paris. I mean, if she'd oh, like it to was answer. supposed to be for the group. Oh, for... the group. Oh, okay. Wait, really? Well, Are you joking, that. Matt? Yeah, of course it was supposed to be for me, too. Uh, what is <laughs> happening on this show? I don't understand. He, well, okay. Well, we'll have, you have to roll back the tape and listen to explicitly what was said, but... Uh, in my memory, it was Travis saying he never has anything to say when I intro him, so he needs he needs more from me as a host. So I gave. But it I to was him. speaking. I was speaking for the group, right on Paris's behalf. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, first of all, Maybe. Paris, welcome to the show. Thanks. <laughs> and feel free if you I get, would like to answer say, the question. Yeah, normally I say I'm happy to be here, but that's not the case right now. <laughs> 
That was a very aggressive way to start. Um, yeah, I can. I have a good answer for this as well, actually. Um, my first experience was at the library um, on the computers there because we all used to, you know, in sixth grade, we had a brand new library with like computers and little like study rooms where they, you, you know, whatever. And so we would, uh, yeah, we'd all go over the library and do go to new grounds and other things like that. Um, and my friend was like, my uncle has a porn site. And so we went to that. <laughs> Literally, we were like 11, 12, maybe, probably 12. And it was like something, I don't remember the exact URL, but it had something jizz in the, t in the, in the title. And then we went to it and all of a sudden it was just aggressive porn on the library computers. It was a new library, so maybe they didn't have those kind of blockers on, but that was wild. And we were just standing there, like, in the library, three little children, just watching porn aggressively. All of a sudden, we were like, ah, what? And then that was it. <laughs> well, we're, we're of the generation where it was, like, the fucking wild, wild west days of the internet, you know? Like, I remember in my school, oh, like, yeah. there weren't blockers in place like obviously i don't even really think they knew to like do that yet i think they probably monitored it but i don't know if like the technology was in place for like them to easily do it or i don't maybe they just didn't have people like on staff who knew how to do it but you could do pretty if you knew what where to look you could get pretty much whatever you want on the school computer most of us were too big of pussies to actually like you know pull the trigger on it at the school but you know i had some some friends in elementary school that uh <laughs> didn't give a fuck so we saw we saw we saw some things you know <laughs> i wasn't on the hook for it but <clears throat> very cool great right. first question matt great, <laughs> great first question love it that's that's good enough for intro so I, think I mean i feel bonded good. but also repulsed mostly As you with should. you matt so yeah that's that's pretty normal, though, for any any conversation. <laughs> That's how most of these shows go. <laughs> okay. Well, no, they got that nonsense out of the way. Uh, let's talk zombie movies. Um, we're going to do one cut of the dead first. So I've got the uh, plot synopsis pulled up here. So one cut of the dead. Things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low-budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. film is written and directed by Shinichiro Ueda. film stars um, uh, no familiar actors that I am aware of. I'm looking at the list here, and none of them even have pictures on IMDb. Um, so, you know, pretty low-budget, uh, independent Japanese horror film. Um, so this movie is one that I in originally intended to watch back in. IMDb says it came out in 2017, but I think it was a 2020 release. Maybe 2019. It was like one of those ones where it like didn't actually get uh, uh, theatrical or uh, put on like a streaming service until years later. Travis, do you, do you happen to know? Uh yes, that what sounds right. Considered? Let me see when I watched it the first time. So I watched it January twentieth. So that would have been for the twenty nineteen cram. Okay, so it would have been considered a twenty nineteen <laughs> release. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
I never caught up with it, but you know, this is a movie that has kind of developed a bit of a cult reputation since then. So when I was thinking of zombie movies to do, this is one of the first ones that came to mind. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start things off on this one. Um, this is a movie that obviously the most interesting thing about it is its structure. So if you listen to the show before, you know that we uh, don't shy away from spoilers. So if it's something that you're curious to watch or don't want that to be spoiled, if you haven't already seen it, maybe see it before you listen. It's on Shutter, But um, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. So let me say this. So it's a... Th- pretty standard three act structure standard isn't the right way of putting it there's a definite three act structure and the first act is presented as like a found footage zombie movie right and i found myself um you know i found it mildly amusing but i was kind of like you know why do people like this it was kind of (laughs) kind of where i was at for the first 30 minutes or so and then that final shot happens, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later. That final shot happens. And I was like, and then there's credits and I'm like, what the fuck? What is going on? And then second act kicks in and it's no longer found footage. It's like, you know, presented as like a film and it's filmmakers. And it turns out it's like a a one cut live broadcast of a horror thing on some Japanese horror movie channel. And the middle act is like, a lot of background stuff and you know i have to say that's probably my least favorite of the three acts is the middle act i'll uh flesh that out more later and then the third act happened and i found the third act to be absolutely delightful and i thought it was super clever um essentially you're seeing the first act of the film over again but from the perspective of like you know behind the scenes seeing how the movie magic happens kind of thing and I thought that was really cool and it was funny and it's clearly a movie that is for people who love you know love movies who love making movies who love creativity and improvisation and that kind of stuff so um, I found the third act to be delightful overall really enjoyed it but I will say and I'm curious to see where you guys landed especially you Travis because this was your second watch that's not really something that I feel like I will return to, you know, maybe at some point I will, but it's like one of those movies where it's like the exercise and the structure of it is the most interesting thing. So when you know that, I don't know how much rewatchability there is here. So it's a movie that I admire a lot and did enjoy, but um, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that I am head over heels in love with or something that I feel like I'm going to watch again. So pleasantly enjoyed, but it's kind of where I'm at. Um, All right. I'll open up the floor. Who would like to go next? Paris. Sure. Um, I loved this movie. I was Mm. really surprised. So I, I didn't know, I didn't have any background information like you did, Matt. Like I went in just like, okay, it's a zombie movie. And then I was watching it. And just like you, when the credits rolled, I was like, what the fuck? But even more so, I was actually enjoying that first bit. I was like, oh, this is kind of a weird, like, campy, you know, interesting. The one the one continuous shot thing always, always snags me. I'm always a fan of that. Like, it's almost a gimmick now, but it, it's, it's something that's extremely difficult to do. So I'm always like, oh, okay, this is like 
a cool and interesting thing. And yeah, I was I was here for it. And then the credits rolled, and I was like, "Is this movie only like thirty five minutes? Like, what <laughs> are we watching? I don't know if that counts as a feature film, Matt." And then it continued, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And it was sort of like a like a silly comedy, which I also really enjoyed. And I I and then and then like what you were talking about with the third act where they're where they're doing it it's it's that's that is definitely the highlight of the film for me but it was really interesting because obviously you know everything we talk about on this podcast is horror and this is probably the most um outside of that genre like really the first 30 35 minutes are horror and then everything after that is sort of like campy and it's 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 almost like a completely different movie and it, i wouldn't even necessarily call any of that in the horror genre right mm-hmm. well, that's right but i love that i love that like subversion and you never quite know what's coming next and then it's got like so many different layers i think when i when i was watching it i counted like four or five different layers it's so good really got me good all right well i'm glad to hear that you got a kick out of it um Travis, what about you? This was your second time watching it, so I'm curious mm-hmm. to see, you know, if it stayed the same. Did you appreciate it more? Do, do you feel like it kind of wore out its welcome? Let me know. So, Matt, I could kind of see where you're coming from by saying that after only seeing it one time, but um, I actually liked it a little bit more on rewatch, and um, I could see myself returning back to this because I do think it is a lot of fun, and I think... Um, if you just get like more ingrained with the characters, some of the moments or beats might pay off like even better. Um, but yeah, the first time I watched it, I remember the second act being the least interesting aspect of it and kind of losing interest at that point. Mm -hmm. And so the third act really didn't pay off for me as much, but I remember really liking the first act, even though normally like not really into low budget horror stuff like that i think it being the the one take was interesting to me and um i i get off on those still i know some people don't think it's as cool as it used to be to do long takes but i still think they're impressive um and then yeah just like some of the like the meta aspects i thought were fun and interesting but yeah i thought it kind of just like lost its steam in the middle but Seeing it again and kind of knowing what I was getting into the second time, I liked the middle portion more this time, but I still think that's the least interesting part um, because, you know, you got the first like half hour or so, which is the the one cut zombie film. And then you have like the like pre like, like prep work, you know, um, like writing and getting all the scenes uh, worked up or whatever. And then the th- the third act is the portion where you kind of see like the behind the scenes of them shooting the actual film that you see in act one. So yeah, I think the second act is probably my least favorite, but I think it's just, it's really entertaining and it's super like charming, just like the, the movie making aspects of it and just like how low budget it is and how much just like love and care went into it. I don't know. I, I usually really go for stuff like this. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan overall. So I th- I think 
that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and it, it does kind of feel like I was in a similar place to you on your first watch. Now that I'm thinking about it, there is probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe giving, not giving the movie enough credit because there were things that I did really enjoy and found really funny. Like for example, before I knew kind of the structure of the movie during that first act where it's, you know, the one cut uh, zombie film, I was cracking up at the re- the recurring bit of the director just like popping back action. in out of nowhere. Like it's so funny. He'll just like come through a door <laughs> holding the camera and be like action and just like it, it's so funny to me, but it, it it makes it even better at the end when you see like, you know, what was he doing? What kind of arguments were being had behind the scenes? What kind of catastrophe happened that he's just like all of a sudden thrust back into the film? Like it just made I feel like that kind of stuff is going to make uh, – th- there's going to be more references that maybe I didn't quite catch like watching it the first time. You know what I mean? Um, Paris, how do you feel as far as the three acts go? Specifically, I guess my question is how did you feel about the middle act? I mean, did you find – that to be the least interesting of the three like we did do you feel like it lost any steam like pacing wise where did you land specifically i guess on on that middle section of the film where it's like you know the the beginnings of the concept and like the kind of behind the scenes kind of studio stuff yeah so i would say that if i was like going to rank the three parts yeah that would be the third but i don't really feel like it lost steam for me there I think because I kind of uh what's it called I like love that like behind the scenes looks at stuff and I was really engaged in the story and like I found the daughter character really funny and interesting and like she was a total film bro I was like oh she like she would be on this podcast for sure um with her like scarface taxi driver and the shining shirts and like you know, being super crazy about film. Like, I I don't know. I found all of that really engaging and like that stuff I like, like I really enjoy seeing like, you know, Travis talked the other on a a bit ago about how he like listens to film podcasts all the time. Like I watch a lot of like, like film YouTube videos, especially. And like a lot of it's like behind the scenes stuff and like stuff you didn't know about it. And like, that's, that's what I like. And so getting to do that in kind of a fictionalized funny way really resonated for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, one thing I'll point out about the, the, the first act, like the zombie portion is I did find it effective how good the special effects and like the gore was relative to the rest of the production. Cause it did, it did feel like you were watching, a shitty low budget movie that was actually being invaded by zombies. Right. Cause it's like every, the actors are so bad when they're actually acting and it's like the script is so bad. And then the shit hits the fan and the violence looks real. So like, I really liked that element of almost authenticity that it added, you know, cause it did before I knew the structure, like it kind of felt like that's what it was going for. Right is trying to be, you know, to seem real. Um, So then when you see the the behind-the-scenes stuff later where it's like, you know, you see the woman, like, literally sucking the blood out of a tube and, like, 
blowing it into the air like it just makes it all, all that stuff from earlier pay off and it's just so it's just so clever and, and funny um i love when you find out that the uh that the vomit was the guy vomiting and not a special effect like in the in the middle part in the second part where they're filming and the drunk guy he's like all over the place and he throws up on them and they're like what is this oh yeah <laughs> yeah so that that got me that was one of those like gross out things that i was like yes <laughs> yeah that was really effective um i don't have too much more specifically to address beyond that travis what were you about to say Oh, I was going to say we could talk about just the the layers of the movie and how it is like super meta and subverts expectations cuz I'm I'm curious how the movie unfolded for you guys being at your first time because I feel like your mind could start going in different directions but then the movie slowly, you know, like guides you <laughs> to where you need to go, but like early on I could see the movie going like multiple different directions just because you're like thrown into the the one take and you're you don't know of the acts two or three yet so just like trying to figure out where this is all going and is that the full movie you know like the first act you know what i mean yeah i, I well what's your question exactly <clears throat> well i guess just like talking about those and like did you guys like well, where did you guys think the movie was going initially? Honestly, I was, I mean, I was shook. Like, I, I didn't even realize that the name title was, like, One Cut of the Dead. Like, duh, like, that's one long shot. Like, I didn't even think about that. So I was just, like, in for, like, a crappy, low-budget zombie movie. And so I was really shook. Uh, when the credits rolled after the first one. And then I, I, like I said before, I was just like, oh, I guess this is a very short movie that we're watching. What the fuck? <laughs> and then when everything started up again, I was, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop because I kept thinking that that also was going to be horror. You know, like, I, I don't know, like, like when they're at the table read and the guy, again, the drunk guy, like falls on his water bottle or whatever. I kept waiting for, like, some zombies to come out. Or, like, I was just waiting for that to be horror as well. And I kind of liked that it wasn't. It really, like, I was really subverted expectations there, for sure. Well, so one one thing I will say about that, that first section of the film is that prior to knowing the structure of the movie, I was a little... Maybe bothered isn't the right word, but... I, I had some issues because I thought I was just supposed to be watching like a found footage horror movie type thing. Right. So I was like, had uh, asking myself questions like, who is this person behind the camera? Like, this isn't the movie camera. Cause we see like the director and we see other cameras. Like the actors don't really acknowledge this cameraman, like from the perspective of, of that, the, the cameraman's perspective from the first part of the movie, he really only gets acknowledged like once or twice in, in the whole 30 minute cut. Right. So I was just thinking like, I was a little, I, there was a disconnect there where I was like, okay, so what, what am I watching exactly? It feels like a movie because why is there just a guy following through all of this with the camera who doesn't say anything? You know what I mean? 
that bothered me less once I realized what the movie was going for. But in the moment, that stuff was bothering me. I mean, did, did, was that even a thought for you guys? Like, why is there this person who's just recording? Like, what's their role? Are they there for just, like, B-roll footage of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff? Like, how did you guys feel about that aspect of it? Did it bother well, you at all? It didn't really bother me, but, I mean, that was just, like, kind of the the tipping point of the madness or subverting expectations because it's just like um you think you're just watching a zombie movie and then it like peels off a layer and it seems like you're watching a filming of like a zombie movie but then you know it peels off another layer and it just keeps peeling off the layers until the end of the movie so yeah i guess initially you could be because i know some people do have issues with found footage movies like if it like there's like a rule to it that most of them break right like it's not realistic as far as like the what the camera is actually doing and like the purpose of it in the actual like setting right like when you think of like it actually supposed to be a found footage like you know you just found this camera that had this on it that is you know that is something that is a concern of mine, you know, watching found footage, but most of the time it doesn't really bother me. I I think because of that element of like, we're watching or we think anyway, that we're watching the making of a horror movie. Like that's a different element of meta to it. Like it's not Mm -hmm. just, you know, people in real life, like at a birthday party and some shit happens and there's, they happen to be recording, you know, it's like, we're watching a film production but it was well in my mind that made it all the more make sense why would there would be found footage because i i actually do often have that issue with found footage and that's why i don't watch it very much is because a lot of the times like at a certain point the camera will get destroyed and the tape cuts out and then you're like okay there would be no tape left you know like it, it doesn't make sense whereas at the end of the first act in this one like he yeah he's like floating away because of magic or whatever but i just assumed that the the premise was that like he survived and and you know put that movie out there right like that's the premise of the found footage and i i don't know that made sense to me more than a lot of other found footage does well see so the the thing about that is like yeah it makes sense that there were cameras there more so i just mean like this specific camera, this specific person behind the camera, what was their role supposed to be on that set? It's more so where I was like, it, like it was, it, there was a disconnect there. You know what I mean? Because it's not like they were, I mean, I guess you could chalk it up to like they were just supposed to be recording everything that happened on set as like a, like you know, like I said, like a B-roll type of thing. But why are the other characters not, addressing the cameraman once shit hits the fan like that kind of stuff you know because once shit is going down like that person behind the camera is just a, another person who's in that situation with you right but they yeah. don't really address the person at all it's a movie like i get that i don't really have a problem with that i'm just saying like these are thoughts i was having while i was watching it so maybe it's a movie within a movie within a movie within a movie right that's, yeah that's what's happening. <laughs> on a rewatch sure like maybe I, w- I probably wouldn't have any issue with that but while i was watching it those were my thoughts like experiencing that part of the movie for the first time and that's why i maybe didn't love that first section Sure. As much. 
Well, also so the comedy uh, stuff, you know. And there was the a couple world. things like that happened during that first section where I was like, "What?" Like when the um, I forget what the the other guy is. I think it's the other camera guy where he he keeps sitting down and he's just in the background of that one scene sitting down while all this zombie stuff starts to happen and he's just there in the back because we know from the behind the scenes he was having a the uh, IBS in- guy. Yes, yeah. IBS issues <laughs> from drinking the wrong water. um poor guy anyway i I just like in the first shot like kurt and i were watching it we were like why is that guy just sitting down like is he turning into a zombie and then of course like you know later you find out why but the same with like uh at the like toward the end when the wife like sits up where she still has the the axe in her head head, she's like huh what (laughs) like in the first in the first act of the movie i was like what is this? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of awkward pauses that, like, you know, seem cheesy or corny in the first act, but then you realize what's going on. Right. The they were just, act. like, like basically trying to buy time or, like, improvising. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I thought it was, like, it was, like, campy. Like, I, I thought it was, like, intentionally awkward and intentionally kind of goofy mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I love yeah, it definitely plays that way. That's why I like those moments even in that first part. Um, Paris, you mentioned it earlier, that final shot where like with the pentagram and the camera like rises up. My mind oh, was like yeah. blown when that happened in the first part because I was like, how is this happening? What is happening? <laughs> and then the credits start and I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, <laughs> I love that. And then when you see at the end, like how they did it with like a fucking human pyramid, I was just like, oh, it's so good. Cause you have the well, tension of like the one person who keeps falling off the pyramid and you're like, you know, they do it, oh, but you man. still have yeah. that tension of like, <laughs> how are they going to actually pull this off? Like, oh, it's so good. Did you guys, I thought it was really interesting how at the very, very end, like the credits, the re, the actual credits of the movie was even another layer out of that yeah. where we were watching <laughs> the making of the, the original The making one. of the making. <laughs> yes. Well, well, we were re- watching the real making of the one, sh- the actual one shot. And it was really, I thought it was really funny because like the part where the camera person falls in the field and like... um. And then in the second act, I guess third act, they they have the the girl pick up the camera and then she falls in the field when she's chasing them. But what was really funny was in the final documentary style thing, they someone actually fell while they were shooting it. I was like, oh, okay, so they had to like recreate that. That's so funny. See, I'm not gonna lie. When that happened at the end, I watched maybe 30 seconds of it, and I was like. Okay, I get it, guys. Like it was almost like a like a bridge too far for me. You're done? Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, I, I fucking it. get it. Like, oh, no, it's it another so, layer. I turned it, it off. So good if I'm being because honest. it was actually it was actually them doing the first long shot. That no, was, like, I know. Really, I don't know. I thought that was really cool, Travis. What did you think? Uh, I also thought it was a nice little touch. <laughs> It is. You're both Matt right. Is so I just... jaded. He's so <laughs> over it. He's like, oh, I'm so over all the meta-ness. I was just done with the movie. <laughs> I just, you know, I was like, I get it. Like, I don't know. It just felt like too, it, like, it was just 
too much. Like not in the sense of like it was too far. I was just like too much coming kind from of the guy over who it. loves everything everywhere all at once. The the fucking oh, well. So what I was gonna compare this. <laughs> I was gonna compare this movie to like Inception with the layers kind of thing. And like Matt, do you think Inception was too much? No, Hell Inception no. was great. Just like this was great with all the layers. Everybody loves parfait. This is a parfait. I just, you know, for me, that was like the shitty, like dirty, ripped up outer layer of the onion. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't, I don't need this. I just want to get to the good layers. So when it was like yeah, putting, it's, putting the shitty layer of the onion back on the onion at the end, I was but like. But it's literally the end credits, something that most people oh, would skip. So. Including me. Yeah, just turn it off. You exactly. got the, the gist of it. And you turn exactly. It off. Just like the outer yeah. layer of the onion, it is necessary, but you know you don't have to leave it off. No, perfectly you just fine it. response, Matt. Perfectly fine response. <laughs> it's not that I disliked it. I was at that point. I was just like, okay, I get it. I get it. Haha. Ha. It's a meadow. You know, I love movies too, guys. Yeah. <coughs> Movie making magic. Clearly you know. not as. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so earlier we had talked about how, um, like low budget this actually was. Um, I did a little digging and apparently this cost about $25,000 to make, which is nothing. Right. And it made over $25 million internationally. Nice. Cinderella story. It's a pretty, you know, it's, it, it definitely is a movie that has a cult following for sure i mean i think the average rating on letterbox is like 4.0 or something like that like it's a pretty beloved movie i guess i just um i don't know one trick pony is maybe a bit harsh but i would just like it, it felt like a movie i should <laughs> it felt like a movie i should have fallen in love with and i just didn't on a first watch I'm still going to give it a good star rating. Like, you know, I, I did enjoy it a lot, but it just felt like something that I was like almost made for me in a sense. And I don't know what it was, but, you know, maybe it'll, maybe you're too jaded, Matt. Maybe Matt, I get over I did it. have I, I yeah, even though I did give it a pretty high star rating the first time I watched it, I feel like I did have a similar um, viewing experience as you. You gave it a 3.5 the first time, right? I haven't seen your new star rating, but weren't I think you at a 3.5 or? Three and a half or four. But yeah, I definitely liked it, but it felt like one of those movies that I should have liked even more. And it was like right up my alley, but just didn't fully hit for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's perfect, but I could see like why people do love it. And I do like it a lot. And um, maybe it'll get up there for me at one point, but um yeah, I do really like it though. So, uh, are we wrapping up this talk? Uh, I think yeah. so. Let's. Uh, yep. All right. Let Let's do star ratings. Um, I'm going with a four out of five on this one. I'm going four point five. Mm-hmm. Paris, we already and a know, big old five banger from nope, me. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of the five bangers. Uh, I I really hope we got another five banger in store in the second half of the show. Um, But before we get to that, uh, we'll be talking the sadness in a moment. Uh, Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And part two of our double feature is another zombie flick. Very recent zombie flick. This is also on Shudder. The Sadness. 
plot synopsis. A young couple trying to reunite amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into deranged, bloodthirsty sadists. Film is written and directed by Rob Jabaz, who, if I'm remembering correctly, is a Canadian, but the film itself is like a it's a Chinese production, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um so who would like to go first? Travis, you want to kick this I off? will go first. So the sadness. Uh I liked the sadness quite a bit. It is oh, yeah. probably one of the more gruesome or fucked up movies I've seen in a while. Uh, this w- this movie would have been like one of my favorite movies when I was in high school. Um, I used to watch this kind of stuff as like a badge of honor, but um, these days I don't get off on it as much. The gross out gore stuff just doesn't have the same effect on me these days. Like I'll watch it, I can stomach it, but I just, I don't get off on it anymore. Right. Right. You're not horny for it. No. I've matured a little bit in that (laughs) regard. (laughs) But um, I thought it had really good pacing. It didn't really waste any time getting into the action. Love when a zombie movie does that. Um, It was definitely trying to be, like, shocking and offensive. Um, I do think it had some pretty obvious, like, themes or what it was like trying to say about society. Um, but like in a genre movie like this, I don't really care for stuff to go that deep. So just having that like surface level um, symbolism or themes um, worked for me. And um, yeah, there's some really good scenes that we can get more into later. And um, I guess the one thing I could detract from it other than just like not being super into gore these days but that's more of a personal thing was the the main storyline seems kind of thin and it also just seems like it takes way too long for the two main characters to like meet up again like like it just seems like it's much harder than it actually should be in the movie (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah maybe the story is a little thin but like as just like a genre zombie movie, I thought it was pretty awesome. Okay, I'll piggyback off of that. Um, I also liked it quite a bit. Um, I'll preface that by saying, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's a good movie. It's it's a well-made movie, but it is so violent and like you said, kind of borderline offensive that it's not really something I would ever recommend that somebody watch. Unless but it's, it's very um, like self-aware in that regard. Like it, it knows it's being shocking and it's trying to be shocking. <laughs> well, and that's part of the reason why it's not really something I could recommend to somebody unless yeah. like I would only recommend it to someone if they say they love, you know, gory horror movies. In that case, I would say it's a, a must watch in a sense because it's like... Like you said, it's it's one of the most like graphic movies. It's probably like top five, top ten, like most graphic movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Like it is really fucking violent, and it never really lets up either. And it it's like you said, it's very self aware in the sense that 
it is trying to like actively trying to gross you out, but the effects are really good. However, part of the reason why I can't really recommend it as like a movie in the traditional sense is that like, like you said, it's pretty thin on plot. Um, and I think that's intentional. Um, sure. You know, it's trying, it's, there may be some things it's trying to say in a sense, I guess, but for the most part, I mean, you're basically just watching the two main protagonists just kind of wander around the city and they encounter different people and fucked up things happen to them. And it's got one of the bleakest like endings I've seen in a movie <laughs> in a long time. So it's just like, it's not like there's a, uh, you know, gold at the end of the rainbow or anything like it ends and you're like, fuck man <laughs> like that's the end of the movie but, but you gotta appreciate that right oh yeah for sure <laughs> i actually really like the ending um and yeah, even the song gnarly. that plays at the end credits i feel like is like if you didn't know what movie you were watching the song that plays at the end credits should kind of clue you into <laughs> it's yeah it's very tongue-in-cheek for sure um not an easy watch though so i i'm very curious paris <laughs> What did you think of uh, of the sadness? Yeah, um, I am still not sure how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I felt a lot of things while I was watching it. Uh, number one thing, as always, so upset. Uh, Matt made us watch this. Never not going to feel that way. Probably in any Matt pick forever for the rest of time. Um, I <laughs> almost didn't finish. This is without Whoa, a DNF. doubt. I almost didn't. I, I it was it was tough. Um, it, it is without a doubt the goriest and most uh, intensely violent movie I have ever seen. A hundred percent. There's I know Matt said top five, top ten for him. This is definitely number one for me. Like I I don't think anything else could top that. Um, uh, but also, it, it was a good movie. I liked it. I think. I uh, uh, I'm struggling, you guys, clearly. I. So, really, what I thought I liked about this movie was that it was so effective at what it was doing. Um, you know, we've watched a couple of horror porn, you know, uh, uh, you know, really gory or really like shock value movies on this podcast before. And none of them, I think, really worked as well as this one does. It is extraordinarily effective to the point where I was like, this feels like nightmares that I have. Mine are not, maybe not quite usually so extreme. <laughs> but, um, you know, zombie movies are always have that element of you know around any corner there's danger but to have this form of zombie where they're fast they're articulate and they're not just gonna bite you they're gonna fuck you up and literally they're gonna fuck you and they're gonna fuck you up right like mm -hmm. and it was just so much more horrifying than a normal zombie like normal zombie is it, 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 you're gonna die and maybe that's a painful death that seems so minor and like not a big deal <laughs> compared to all of the ways that people are treated in this movie and i i, I will say kind of like you guys were talking about i think the the message of you know 
who's the real cannibals here? You know, like kind of thing. Um, uh, you know, solid reference to her old episode. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't love that. You know, I thought that was a little corny. You know, it's a little overdone. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man, this movie got me. Got me and I don't know. I, uh... <laughs> well, let me ask you this real quick, Para. So me personally, I find, found and find Cannibal Holocaust to be a more like harrowing viewing more disturbing even though it's objectively like you know not as realistic looking there's there's less violence but specifically those two movies i know you mentioned the sadness is like the goriest thing you've ever seen but more so on like a like a fucked up level like a visceral level do you did you find the sadness to be like a worse more harrowing watch than cannibal holocaust or would you say I guess I'm curious. Yeah. So that's a tough question because part of the reason that Cannibal Holocaust was so hard for me to watch is because I knew stuff was real. Right. Specifically the animal. Like, yeah, specifically the animal torture and stuff, mutilation. Like, so I guess. And that movie is more in reality than the sad. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) It definitely has that, like, found footage feel. Duh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So. I think that if if we were taking it purely as fiction, like if I hadn't known that for a cannibal call, holocaust, a hundred percent, the sadness is way more disturbing and upsetting and nightmare ish, and it, it really like I don't know. And and I just want to say again, 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 because we can't escape this. Why does a zombie movie have so much sexual violence? We cannot get away from it, <laughs> you guys. And I just am. Like, I think I'm losing it, truly. Yeah, when the, like, (laughs) the the one scene that, like, really stood out to me where I was just like, oh, my God, was the, like, the The blood orgy. orgy? Yeah. That was my favorite part. Wait. I knew it would be. We texted about that. Is that where the multiple people are covered in blood? Completely covered in blood, just absolutely going to town on each other. That one, I, I was like... LOL. Like, that one didn't bother me so much. Well, like, it didn't bother me either. But I would just, like, that moment where I was like, okay, like, this Once movie. it got to that, yeah, I was like, all right, oh, do I we see, really I need... <laughs> yeah, it, it almost felt like it was a step too far, almost. <laughs> Even though see, there's other stuff that was more gross, for and, sure. Uh, yeah. Anytime that someone eats eats brains in a movie, eek. Mm. Bad for me. When he has sex with her eyeball, that was the tipping point for me. That was where I forgot. He has sex with her eye socket, and I just like, I fully lost it. Like I had to like turn my head away for part of it. Like that was so upsetting. There were a couple moments. Yeah, it's supposed to be so. Yeah, that's what it's going for. (laughs) There were a couple moments where I was like. I mean, you know, I, I like gore in movies. There were a couple moments where, like, I was, like, hooting and hollering, like, you know. I was like, God damn! Like you know, the, like, uh, audible, the, like... The Vince McMahon gif? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple moments where I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? And, you know, I love that shit. <laughs> uh, I also think... Oh, sorry, Travis, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that, Matt, I think this is my favorite double feature that you've uh set up for us for this show interesting <laughs> i was worried i really wasn't sure um well i mean 
not a ton of competition. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> killing, fucking cannibal, f- Holocaust, and Ferox. What other bullshit did you make? As well? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, fucking Matt dead silence, uh, <laughs> possum. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Classic episode, Resident Evil and Silent Hill, featuring Kurt. Oh, yeah. You guys love those. <laughs> you know, I, I bring good good films to the podcast. Yeah. Um, Without yeah. a doubt, my, my favorite double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm curious if this movie is going to develop any kind of rep, reputation moving forward. Because, like, I knew it was supposed to be fucked up. I knew it was supposed to be fucked up, but only like the only reason this movie was on my radar at all is because like it's on Shutter. In this group, I'm the Shutter subscriber, so I get like their emails and stuff. And I got an email about the sadness saying like it's one of the most violent zombie movies ever made. And I was like, oh shit, that sounds cool. And that was the extent of it, you know? Like I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't look up the reception ahead of time. It was just that like clickbait email that Shutter sent me <laughs> that was like the most violent zombie movie ever. I was so like, they okay. got you. That's what you're I was signed me up. That's all it took, <laughs> and um, it it did not disappoint in that regard. In a genre that is known for being very graphic and sometimes over the top, I, I would don't well, feel I'm not going out on a limb here saying I think this is the most violent and graphic one, <laughs> and a genre that is a little tired these days. I think, yeah, generally speaking about both movies, I think they took the genre and actually did something cool with it. And because, I mean, the the zombies and the sadness are a little bit different than like your typical zombies. Um, just like, you know, how they how they work. But um, they're well, so almost, much scarier, I feel. It almost has yeah. more in common with like uh, like Shivers than it does with like Dawn of the Dead or something, you know? Just like the... Yeah, just like a more graphic and violent version. Yeah, well, and there is that like sexual violence aspect of it too that's, you know... Yeah. More explicit maybe in, in Shivers because that's like literally like sex parasites or whatever, but, you know, they, the fact that they like still talk, you know... It's more so like it's just turning them into well, and not just the worst that, they version seem of themselves. Smart, much smarter yeah. than regular zombies. Like they have plans and they figure out and they talk to people. Like, like that part of of it is also so creepy. Where it's mm-hmm. just, they're not just mindless beings that you can mow down. They're like people that are just and and especially like when the scientist at the end is like, oh yeah, there's probably some part of their brain that knows what they're doing and is aware and and thinks it's wrong but that part of the brain is like overpowered by the virus right right that was so fucked up like they're doing all these horrible things and there's a part of their brain that's just like screaming oh my god it's like um kind of similar to like 28 days later in the sense of like crazed fast zombie style but what makes them scarier than those zombies is like you said there's like they're still it's like their intelligence and their cognitive abilities aren't impaired so much as their like morality almost it's almost like it's a parasite that attacks a part of your brain that it just like removes any sense of like right and wrong and just kind of turns you into a 
blood crazed sex crazed monster but you maintain your ability to like like you said like the fact that they talk to each other and like make plans to do these horrible things to people that adds an extra element of being fucked up that isn't really present and you know it manages like travis alluded to it's it's kind of a tired genre at this point not that there aren't still you know good zombie movies being made but there's just so fucking many of them at this point that it's like felt like a a fresh take on it which was cool i don't know if that's necessarily what i was expecting yeah i think kind of like travis and you were saying like these are both fresh takes like both of these films are kind of fresh takes on the genre which is nice to see because mm-hmm. yeah it is it is a little tired it is it is a little overdone here um i did want to kind of uh switching topics a little bit i it, it, you know clearly like this movie w- is taiwanese and clearly there are definitely some allusions to like covid how did you guys feel about that uh part of the movie what is I uh, so it did was this movie made during COVID? Because I definitely thought about COVID while I was watching it, but I I didn't draw any like explicit. I mean, I assumed because it came out in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean the COVID virus thing seemed a little thin in the the movie itself. I mean, obviously there's the 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 zombie virus, but linking it to COVID, I feel like the the correlation was pretty thin. Really? I see. I felt the opposite, like the way that the government handles it. And I, I felt like it was kind of a, a way of saying how uh, poor government control and emergency situ- people acting certain ways in emergency situations can like uh, can either continue the spread of virus or not, you know, mm-hmm. that was kind of the vibe that I got and I- like how like inefficient the government is and, etc and i don't know yeah, you, you maybe guys i find mean that? like uh surface level or on the nose and like what i said earlier like in my initial thoughts like there was enough there to like where i was cool with it because i don't really expect much of that in these types of movies but it just i don't know it just seemed it didn't really like it wasn't like a new idea or anything it it just was like it seemed like the obvious way to go about it if you're trying to yeah. link it to covid <laughs> Well, see, that was the reason I ask is because that was part of the movie that I really didn't like. I felt like it was too on the nose and a little like heavy handed with the way that it's like, oh, and this virus and blah, blah. I don't know. I just I didn't love that. I think it would be kind of funny if or maybe not funny, but could be funny um, <laughs> if someone took that premise and just like really leaned into it, you know, like try to relate COVID to zombie somehow. But like really lean into like the fun aspects they could have with it. The fun of COVID, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think our perspective is also a little bit skewed because like, like I don't know how much of those parallels there are to COVID. Like it might seem like they're there because we live in a country that the app it was just a complete blunder like how covid has been handled in this country you don't think it was in taiwan as well and they're it wasn't Mm. i don't think so i'm pretty sure taiwan was like one of the like prime examples of like how to combat (laughs) 
like the spread of virus. This is how you do COVID. <laughs> I think I honestly I think so. I think Taiwan's response to COVID. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering. It could be I could be thinking of a different like territory or something, but I'm pretty sure like 20 million people or something live in Taiwan, but they only had like six people die in the first like year or something like that. Like if I'm remembering correctly, I think they were like amazing. Yeah, I just I just looked it up and apparently it's a success story having had fewer than 500 cases and only six deaths amongst its roughly 23 million residents despite its proximity to China. So maybe I was thinking more like that was what was going on in China. Well, China's the same thing. I mean, hardly, I mean, yeah, you can say what you want about conspiracies about how they're not reporting shit, but I mean, based on what they, uh, the data they present to the world, China was also a success story because that's, you know, that was the epicenter of the pandemic and hardly anybody died. They quarantined people, you know. Anyway, this isn't the COVID. Yeah, you know. please. But we don't really need <laughs> to get into how the different there governments isn't. around the world uh, handled the crisis. <laughs> But that is interesting, though, because, I mean, a Western audience, specifically Americans, would watch something like this and be like, oh, yeah, it's a a satire of, you know, a government's response to a pandemic. And it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely. It, it, maybe that part of that is intentional. But I didn't really read. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the tone of the film. But I really didn't read into anything, anything at all in this movie. Because the plot, there's barely anything actually happens in this movie in the sense of, like, what the characters' goals are and, like, arcs of right. characters. like the two main characters are just trying to get back to each other, yeah. Yeah, they just kind of wander around different areas of the city and, you know. Oh, one of the scenes that sticks out to me the most um and let me let me know if you guys remember this scene i know it's it's been like a week or two since we watched it but the scene where the the male protagonist is on the like the moped type thing and he gets to that like basketball court and those people are just like beating on that guy with a baseball bat or whatever yeah and he like tries to rescue the guy and then the guy is like why did you tell them to stop or whatever it was like he was enjoying the beating he was getting you know he said why did you tell them to stop i almost just came right yeah it was something like that (laughs) and i was just like what the fuck and then the, the, the people come back and they're like throwing rocks at him when he's on the bike and i was just like oh because like they show like the bat like hitting the guy's head and like, ugh, it was rough. The, the practical effects in this movie are insane. Like obviously it's over the top, outstanding like, with the blood and the gore. But God, it looks the, good. The head blasting scene in I think uh, on the government one, it was it was so 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 good, and. Um, I, I mean, I think it was kind of a nod to that famous head blasting scene from, is it They Live? No, one? it's um, it's Cronenberg. Uh, it's Scanners. 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 Yeah, thank yeah. you. So, um, like, it, it felt very much a nod to Cronenberg and, and Scanners, but it was so good. Like, the practical effects in this are, are for it being so over the top, they look so good. Yeah. Definitely amazing in that front. Um, yeah, I don't have too much 
more to say beyond that. Is there a uh, standout sequence that we did not talk about was the train scene. That was pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Like kind of like oh uh, almost the start of the, the outbreak. Who, who I mean, that's when the movie really kicked into gear. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Here that was go. pretty insane. Especially because that feeling of being trapped, like where you can't, like the other guy, like he could escape and whatever, but like you're on the train. What do you do? Like, what do you do if something starts happening? Well, and the the crazy part is they, they like do stop the guy who stabs the person, but then another guy starts stabbing someone else and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then all chaos just breaks out. And then like the sequence that precedes that where the creepy guy was like stalking oh the girls, God. that whole sequence <laughs> where he's following them. And then that like kind of beefy guy is like, you know, he's, he's kind of creepy, but then he realizes there's like a, a bigger creep. So then he plays, tries to play like the hero, that whole sequence with that guy. And well, and see, that's the biggest thing about them being smart. Like that guy follows them all the way to the hospital and follows and then follows her, our main protagonist, all the way upstairs through the hospital. Like, normal zombies don't do that, right? They just shuffle along and go through to whoever's closest or whatever, even the quick ones. But this was like, that guy was stalking her to rape and murder her. Like, that is so horrifying. Well, can you guys think of another example in a horror movie where you have, like, a villain that is a zombie you know what i mean because he's like he's in most of the movie as far as runtime like he comes in and out of the film several times and he's clearly like they make a deliberate effort to make him like basically the one zombie you know that you'll remember like can you think of a single like the, example the equivalent of a boss in a video game yeah kind of <laughs> yeah you know, like, or like a, a bad guy in a horror movie that, like, you know, he's not a leader because he's kind of, he's uh, on his own, but. How about the the one in Land of the Dead? Does that count? I haven't seen Land of the Dead in a long time. Is there, the, like, a main, a main zombie guy in Land of the Dead? Yeah, the, the bald black one. He, like, I think he's the leader. He, like, talks to the other ones that kind of commands him. Oh, I haven't seen Land of the Dead. I'm thinking of Day of the Dead. Because mm. Day of the Dead rules. Uh, Land of the Dead. I've never seen Day of the Dead. I think, well, I mean, off topic now, but arguably Day of the Dead is better than Dawn of the Dead. But that's a conversation for another oh, episode, maybe. Well, um, <laughs> before we before we wrap up, I did want to say, um, uh, when, we're, when we're done talking about this, I actually, there's another zombie movie that I, or uh, not a movie, uh, a zombie thing that I just watched and it was so good. Have you guys ever watched um, Love, Death, and Robots? No, I've heard of it. show on Netflix? I've seen a couple episodes. It's like, um, what am, what's the word for it? They're all, it's like an they're anthology. not connected, anthology? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're not connected or in the same universe or anything. Each one is different, different anime. They're all animated. Each one is a different animation style, different story, totally different thing. But it's a collection. So, of course, some of them are, you know, not as good as others. But this one was so good. It's called Night of the Mini Dead. Very funny. I think it's, like, less than 20 minutes. Would highly recommend for you guys and anyone listening. Like, it's on Netflix. Night of the Mini Dead. It's in season three of Love, Death, and Robots. Super good. Have you watched all of it? All three seasons? 
yeah, I think so. I we, I watched we watched another third season this weekend, but I don't know if we finished. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. No, I don't. I, I have not seen any episodes of that show. I haven't really heard too much about it to be honest. But I'll check it out. Okay. Um, the sadness. Anything else you guys want to mention before we uh, give star ratings? Uh, I'll just say, yeah, I guess for fans of the genre, people who are catching this podcast, I think both of these movies are above average and worth seeking out if you haven't seen them. Not like the typical trash I parade around on the yeah. show. Is what I'm <laughs> exactly. These are actually <laughs> worth watching. <laughs> 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 no, I just met like, you know, um, just zombie. I don't know, newer zombie movies in general. They could be dime a dozen or you know middle of the road, but I think these ones stand above the maybe not the rest, but the majority. Yeah, I I won't disagree with that. Uh, Paris, anything else from you? No, all good. I will say that uh, I guess I did want to mention that we have covered another zombie movie on here, Anna and the Apocalypse which was another map pick. And I think that this is definitely for all three of those, the, these two and Anna and the apocalypse, uh, all being kind of, you know, genre bending zombie movies. I think these two are definitely the highlights. But I think the greater point you're trying to make is that my zombie game is, is on point. <laughs> <laughs> Matt loves zombies. <laughs> Matt loves zombs. Yeah, not not gonna mention. He the loves fact... Rob zombs, and he loves. Yep. <laughs> also, you know, not gonna he mention the fact that Bob originally zombs. I was gonna pick two different zombie movies, but they're not. One of them's not available right. to stream. So you know, this wasn't my backup plan or anything. But you know, uh, wait, what was your original plan again? Can you remind us? Um, it was gonna be, uh. Uh, Dawn of the Dead and um, oh, right. Zombie Zombie Two, the uh, Fulci, like unofficial sequel. But right, um, right, right. yeah, those are not streaming. Well, considering that these were your second picks, maybe you should always not go with your first first ideas. Right, stop <laughs> going with my gut. <laughs> Got him. Don't trust your instincts, Matt. <laughs> All right, let's let's go ahead and wrap this one up. You guys want to do star ratings? Yeah, I am going to go with a four point five on this one. Wow, you love this movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four. Very nice. I'm also going with a four. Very nice. Yeah, I was kind of in between a four and a four and a half, just because like it's one of those, like I said, it's one of those movies that I can't really like recommend that somebody watch. You know, if I was just like at Thanksgiving and, you know, my uncle's like, you seen any good movies? Oh, Bailey Matthew. Oh, yeah. Uncle Steve, you should watch The Sadness. You know, like <laughs> it, it's a very specific audience that this will appeal to. But if you find yourself in that audience, which you may, if you listen to the show, be in that audience yourself, definitely check her out. I would argue, especially if you're a gore hound, dude, it's a must watch. Check her out. Oh, yeah. Oh, Paris, real quick. Did Kurt watch just one of these or did he b- watch both? He watched um, uh, One Cut of the Dead with me and I watched The Sadness by myself. 
Um, mm. And thank goodness I did, because poor Kurt is not a huge fan of body horror, unless it, like, serves the story or whatever. And, like, just gore for the sake of gore isn't really for him. So I don't mm. know that he would have loved this one. <laughs> but did he love One Cut of the Dead? Yes. Yes, he did. Good to hear. Very cool. All right. Well, next episode, it's Paris's turn to pick the films. Paris, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know what they can expect next time around. Yes, it is my turn. And for my pick, I'm going with the theme, Psycho Killer, Keskese. And I have a little theme song for you. Been waiting the whole show to cue that up. Didn't see that um, one coming based on the theme. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know if I was like, hey, Matt, insert a clip here, you wouldn't because you never do. But... <laughs> Have you asked me to anyway. do that before? Yes. You tell me to cut I stuff and like, I never cut stuff. Put things she here, just assumed the here. answer is no. You it's like asking anything. your IT team to do anything at work to make a change. It's, like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I just assume Matt's not going to do any other work for me, so I have to do it myself. <laughs> oh, real quick. I know I'm interrupting you, Paris, but uh, this is direct. This is for you, Paris. You listened to the last episode. I actually didn't listen to it. How was the Tom call? Can you hear him? Super bad. No, you Fuck. cannot. Can't hear not him? Not at all. Shit. No. Well, listeners, I hope of you Of course not. <laughs> Killer bit, I, Matt. I, I, <laughs> yeah, like, of, again, of course not, because we could barely hear him on I the I could hear it. Just It was quiet, but I could hear it. But I know that, like, it's always... Anyway, it's... Yeah. No, you could not hear it. Interesting. All right. Well, I hope the listeners enjoyed it regardless but anyway i digress paris continue please thanks um so the (laughs) movies that we'll be watching are the house that jack built which is streaming on hulu and my heart can't beat unless you tell it to which is on prime both of these movies came recommended to me from the tiki talkie app so or obviously people on there um We've reached that Whatever. stage of the show. We're taking fucking TikTok recommendations now. <laughs> there are a couple people I follow who watch movies and do reviews on TikTok. Um, essentially what we do, except on podcasting. So don't fucking talk shit. God. Anyway, and there's a guy that does horror and I, I take a lot of his recommendations and stuff. So um, right. both right. of these but are the, supposed to be good. The two star review from your dear, dear friend, Matt, didn't really move the needle for you in any way on uh, House Jack built. No? I didn't yeah. even look at it. I, I don't even <laughs> look at them on Letterboxd to see if y'all like have reviews on them. I don't. Oh, OK. So I need to get on TikTok <laughs> for my opinion to matter is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it is what I'm trying to say, but. I'm sure I'm it'll be a, an invigorating conversation. Hey, you know, it's my turn to be like, no. Yeah, you you, you don't know. The problem is you don't have any room to talk because you have shoveled know, so much shit at me and Travis that we've had to um, 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 eat up. So, you know, sorry if I just want to watch something that you don't love. Bye. You're speaking the truth, Paris. You're right. You're right. Anyway, I need to stop interrupting you. What's What's the other film in the double feature? 
I said both of them. God, you're oh, did you? You're killing me. <laughs> okay, cut that. I'll no, say it note again. to self, cut that. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna cut it either. <laughs> anyway, the second film, I'll say it again, is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, which is streaming on Prime. Cool. All right, listeners, cue it up, watch it get into it we'll be back next time to talk those two psycho killer films should be a fun conversation real quick shout out to kurt for producing the theme music for our show thank you kurt we love you that's gonna do it for this episode we'll see you guys soon stay, stay scared stay slain.